You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes. My name is Christian Colley from MakeUseOf.com and joining me this week is Megan Ellis. Megan, how are you? Good, thanks. And yourself, Christian? Yep, not bad. Thank you very much, which is just as well because it's the time of year where people tend to start feeling a bit gloomy, unfortunately. And maybe maybe that's one of the reasons Black Friday is so successful, was it? Kind of on-demand <laughs> retail therapy with, with, with discounts or perceived uh-huh. discounts. But that's for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can check it. We've got some buying tips on how to buy safely, um, which we recorded a few weeks ago, myself and James Free, which you can also listen to. But today, Megan and I, we're going to be looking at um, how things such as social media might be making you sad and how we can get around that and overcome sadness, especially at this time of year. I'm uh, someone who does tend to get a bit of the glooms in wintertime. Here in the UK, it does get very cold at winter and gloomy and grey and very little sunlight and shortened sunlight hours. I have to admit, I have no idea what this time of year is like in South Africa. I imagine it's warmer. Yes, it's starting to to heat up now. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> so it, it has its drawbacks <laughs> and stuff. I, I like the perfect like spring season where it's still cool enough, but then yeah. we get like thirty five degrees Celsius, and then no one's happy about that either. There's the uh, famous say, saying in the UK when um, people um, when there's a heat wave and stuff, or, or you go on holiday to the continent. Um, I think. Uh, Peter Kay uses it in his stand-up um, along the lines basically, I like it hot but I don't like it this hot <laughs> That's That's typical British it. attitude to uh, warm weather <laughs> um, so Megan, numerous studies have shown that too much social media use can negatively impact mental health is, I mean, is, is social media really doing that to us? Yes, yeah, so basically the article um, that Lorraine put together um, looks at the different ways that social media can negatively impact your your mental health. So it's not just people stereotypically think that it's just you know exposure to bad news, but there's a, a like multitude of ways that social media can kind of undermine your feelings of self worth and body image and that type of thing. So. Um, there's things like cyber ostracism, which especially among teens um, could have um, kind of negative effects where um, if you think of it FOMO, fear of missing out, social media can kind of further send that feeling home because if you're not receiving likes on your posts or you're seeing um, other people get engagement but you're not, it, it kind of creates that feeling of being left out, being in the out group, which kind of just speaks to our basic psychology as much as we're like, oh, you know, get over it. (laughs) Humans are social beings by nature. And um, kind of social media can send that, make that feeling feel kind of worse in that Mm. you're constantly being exposed to being left out rather than kind of just oh, back in the day, you wouldn't know if your friends were up to something without you or yeah, yeah. Um, you wouldn't constantly have this this platform where you share your thoughts or your day and that type of thing and receive no feedback back. 
Side ostracism is an interesting word, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, it, it's definitely something like of our time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I've never come across it before, this article. Basically, it's being ostracized online, isn't it? And mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I must I must admit, I do occasionally get a little bit miffed when I don't get enough likes on things on Twitter. But uh, I've, I've, I suppose I've possibly got enough other things to be keeping me entertained that I don't dwell on it. Mm. I think it's definitely if you're already in a vulnerable place or, like, depending on how much thought you put into that tweet... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Maybe you thought it was a great joke. Um, I think, yeah, if you're already in a vulnerable place, feeling lonely, that type of thing, it definitely worsens those feelings. Um, and then there's the things like, <laughs> I love the, the way the author puts it, being scene zoned, um, when basically you're blue ticked. So someone reads your message, but doesn't respond. And I mean, it's a meme at this point. <laughs> and how, um, it kind of creates it you just are put in this constant state of anticipation and impatience once you've seen that someone's seen your message and hasn't respond, responded to it. And while that could be obviously an innocent reason, they're distracted, they're in a meeting and stuff, if you're a person who's constantly messaging different people and it's repeatedly happen happening to you, that feeling of being ostracized can be prevalent among younger um, social media users, teenagers, where that type of social rejection kind of hits home a lot more. Obviously, I grew up in a period when there was nothing like social media. That uh, The nearest was SMS messages, and even then, that they didn't really come along into popularity until I was into my 20s. So that's, uh, yeah, I just get me walking stick and hobble off into the uh, <laughs> Luddite sunset. But uh, no, it's, yeah, it's a very different time. And as 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 an as a parent to uh, under tens, and as an uncle to teenagers, there's stark differences between what my teenagers are doing and what I would be happy for my children to be doing once they get to teenage. And my teenagers, by no means, uh, running rings around the parents or anything like that. My teenage nieces, they're um, they're they're, they're pr pretty much uh, settled down girls, so. Um, and and then they know to take social media with a pinch of salt. Although I suspect one's probably better at it than the other. But uh, yeah, it, it, it does make for new challenges. Um, there are um, various things that we can do about this. We can go offline, disconnect from social media entirely. That's one option, isn't it? Definitely. Um, I think it also depends on how you connect with people, um, how essential that type of thing is um, to things like your work or your social group. Um, obviously, it's much harder if the only way you're, you're communicating with people in the outside world is through social media. It becomes a lot harder to just go offline. Hmm. But um, there's definitely ways we can curate social media or... Mm -hmm. um, use social media in ways that can actually improve your mental health or just unplug, like reduce your, your use of social media, especially if you're finding yourself doom scrolling or feeling sad after spending time on social media, then it's a sign that something needs to change essentially. So go on, tell us about doom scrolling. That sounds like <laughs> something out of um, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, doesn't it? <laughs> So it's something that I think has always existed, but particularly during 2020, it's become a concept, especially on Twitter, 
where you're just scrolling through through all the bad news that there is and your feed is just a constant onslaught of negativity and not necessarily that people are being negative it's just so much bad news Mm -hmm. so especially if you use twitter to stay informed you're going to be hearing a lot this year about things like covid it's toll um what it's doing to people around the world then you've get you get things like the like polarizing politics of this time and then murder hornets and <laughs> just all these insane things that are, are kind of creating the sense of dread in people but like at the same time you want to keep informed but no one should kind of be on top of this much bad news it kind of, it takes a toll on you um, after a while, busy like seeing all this constant bad news and negativity, mm. and I mean it's important to stay informed, but you also kind of need to know when to unplug and take a break. Yeah, I've never really known a time when people are being so engaged with current affairs and politics mm. before, say maybe 2015 onwards. That's when it really seems to have sort of leveled up, and it's. It seems as though it's getting more intense and snowballing each year. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to comment on anyone's particular leanings or interpretations because everyone takes things in a different way. But I do think maybe it was a little bit better when people were slightly less, maybe not less engaged, but less intense about things. And social, so, social media certainly doesn't seem to help in that respect, does it? It could very yeah, much be the driver I- for that. I think as well, the world feels a lot smaller than it used to be. So I think while it's important to stay informed, you you kind of social media in its global nature is opening our eyes to like also issues around the world. And that's the type of thing that you kind of had to go out and search for before. Um, Even just 10 years ago, you really had to be an engaged newsreader to know what was happening in other countries or on other continents. Whereas now it's so easy for a hashtag to start trending that these movements, while it's great that they go global, it's also people are more informed than ever of things happening around them um, and around the world. And I think this kind of state of always being on and being so aware of just the multitude of problems around the world that even though in a lot of ways, quality of life is better now than it was a decade ago or even two decades ago. Um, there's there's so much stuff that people, like the average person is so much more aware of what's happening around the world that there is no more kind of blissful ignorance mm. and stuff. You're, um, it, you don't tune out essentially and stuff. You're on social media, but you're hearing about protests in other countries or um, extreme inequality or those types of things. And I think that also kind of um, creates this feeling of kind of being exposed to like so much information from so many places. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're possibly veering away from the key topic today, but... Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, th- those are all, all extremely valid and um, key concerns. I'd, I'd, I would still need to um, just to say that uh, I, I, I kind of use block words on Twitter. I spend most of my social media time is on Twitter, and I do use block words, and th- it, it has improved Twitter considerably. But what I found is sometimes when I'm scrolling, I accidentally like stuff. 
And so far, <laughs> and then if I go back and look for something, I kind of use like as a kind of a bookmarking. And I know that's not what it's mm. for. And I know there's other ways of doing it on Twitter. But And then I find things that I've liked. I'm like, no, I don't really like that. What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, less, less Twitter on your phone, I suppose. With Facebook, um, I tend to not use Facebook other than to share photos with family. I've basically I've disconnected from 50% of the people that I was friends with on mm. Facebook. I've reduced it to people that I'm still in contact with or people that I work with or family. And that's, that, that halved my Facebook like, like that. And it's so much easier, so much more manageable. And I can just easily just share photos and I don't really care if anyone likes or comments them or mm. not because m- my wife kind of deals with that sort of thing. So <laughs> engaging I- with family and things. Yeah, there's there's definitely these built-in tools people can use to curate their feed. So, I mean, even if you're not un, unfriending someone on Facebook, if you even if they're not posting anything that's um, like problematic, it's just maybe lots of humble brags that don't make you feel good. Like just unfollow them. It's it's yeah. no harm. They don't. They're not going to know about it. Um, and you'll just feel better and you can check in on their feed when you want to see their feed. The, the posts don't catch you when you're feeling vulnerable or something. And um, like you said, block certain words. Um, a lot of people have been doing that on Twitter. Um, I think you can do it on Instagram in terms of your comments and stuff just to kind of curate your feed and control what is showing up on your feed obviously you don't want to live in a bubble but you know when everyone's feeling so fragile (laughs) this year I think um, there's definitely more kind of um, incentive to take these small steps that just on a daily basis make you feel better Now, as, as well as managing how we use our social media, there are, there are tools we can use to sort of improve our spirits and our, our, our moods. Um, there's apps, isn't there, that we can use online, positivity apps that can manage mental health, boost your spirit, and generally improve the way you're feeling. Now, I, I, I'm not sure how I would personally feel about relying so much on a piece of software. Uh, I've, got, I've got to admit, I think maybe I've prefer just to uh, grab a piece of pencil a piece of pencil a very <laughs> like yeah it might come to that in this house because pencils and th- crayons get broken that often and maybe it is actually a piece of pencil that means scrawling onto a tiny tiny <laughs> fragment of paper the only corner of the magazine that hasn't been demolished but um, no seriously um yeah i think I'd mo- i'm more of a list and letter to myself right than uh, anything else if i'm feeling kind of uh, pressured but th- i mean there's other things you can do isn't there? There, there are apps we can use um, with an article by uh, Mia Patkart, uh, which is a list of positivity apps to manage mental health and boost spirits. On this list, there's no zero days for Android and iPhone. Happy for which you can find on the online for Android and for iPhone. So you can use it in your browser. There's Empty Your Cup, which also works in the browser. There's Skills for Android and iPhone. There's mindfulness and stress reduction games there. Care cards positive self-care reminders that you can view online in your browser and those apps and everything else we discussed in this week's really useful podcast you'll find in the show notes uh megan would would you rely on an app to get you through a bad day 
I do think there's um, definitely something to be said for the way it can help you cope with things, especially anxiety, like um, spiraling thoughts and stuff. If you're someone to ruminate um, on things, sometimes um, distracting yourself can help. Um, Obviously, it's like (laughs) different strokes for different folks. Mm. Um, I don't find mindfulness um, apps that useful, but something like... um, uh, no zero days could be very useful for days when you feel like you haven't achieved much, especially if you're an overachiever and mm. you're facing challenges and stuff. There's there's something that, like, you can chalk up something that you did something today, even if it feels like it's a waste of a day and you're beating yourself up about it. It kind of makes you focus not on those negative thoughts or the self-criticism, but like, okay, what did I do today? What are the good things that I did today? And I know... In things like cognitive behavioral therapy, that's very useful to kind of change your mindset and stop beating yourself up. Yes. Would you find any of these useful? I don't know. I may find, may find no zero days useful because I do occasionally stumble across days. And this is something that is um, very common with people who work from home. I, I imagine this is why it's a growing problem in 2020. I, I do have days when I don't achieve as much as I want to have achieved, and that can then snowball. So, for mm. instance, as an example, I might have a day where I struggle to write 500 words, but I have a personal target that I want to reach, and it's a lot more than 500 words. Um, mm. So that then results in snowballing later in the week but then other days i might feel better i I do find myself going to bed quite often during the day if i wake up and i'm not in the right frame of mind for work i then go and get another 30 minutes to 90 minutes um (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'm not judging you i'm a two-hour girl Uh, so yeah, that that does happen from time to time. So I'm, I may find myself using that, and I suppose there is some benefit in a tool such as Care Cards, which um, gives you some uh, messages, self care reminders, positivity, a positivity focus web app that um, is accessible on your browser as on your desktop. Beg your pardon, mm. as accessible on your mobile as it is on your desktop. So I think that might be quite useful as well. But I don't know. I, I kind of find just talking to um, the love of my life also helps to um, bring me back down to earth and refocus things and put things back into perspective. Because it is easy to get carried away with the importance of what you are doing, whatever it is. And usually mm. um, it's not quite as important as you think it is. I think it's especially during this time, the year of nothing going to plan, um, <laughs> it helps to kind of focus on some of the good things um, yeah. because a lot of things aren't going to the plan and a lot of people aren't, aren't getting what they expected to, to have done. I mean, there's a lot more on our plates, even though we're at home a lot of the time there's more chores, there's more cleaning up. There's just so much on our plates and it, it helps to be kind to yourself <laughs> and sure. to just not have that pressure. I mean, I'm not sure if you remember near the beginning of the pandemic when they were like, you have to come out of here having learned a skill. 
and if you haven't done learned a new skill but like you know after lockdown then you're wasting your time <laughs> um a lot of people uh, this year is hard to manage there's a lot to do um yeah. there's just managing the home manage childcare, things like that um i think it, it definitely helps to kind of take these moments to just reorient our minds from the doom of social media and the pressure of all these expectations and kind of just grounding yourself. I barely remember a time before lockdown, so I, I <laughs> really don't remember what we're talking about there at all. <laughs> there are other things you can do as well. There are therapy and counselling apps, aren't there? I feel like um, the kind of uh, digital acceleration that we have during um, COVID has basically made these types of apps um, a lifeline for a lot of people and also something they were a lot more um, willing to use um, because a lot more people are needing to both see seek professional help but also do so remotely um, and to find coping mechanisms that they can use at home. Um, so I'm not sure, would you like to round up the apps or should I? I can let you do it if you like. Sure, I'll do that. So there's BetterHelp, and it's basically a virtual counseling app that you can use to see a licensed counselor or therapist remotely. Um, unfortunately, it does have a subscription, but it does work out cheaper than having to see someone in person in a lot of cases, um, depending on which country you're in. Um, uh, it's kind of a good step towards if you need professional help and you either haven't seen someone before or you currently can't see your current uh, psychologist or psychiatrist it's a good way to kind of reach out and get some help help then there's uh, mindshift cbt and um, it's a free mental health app uh, focused on anxiety and things like panic attacks where people kind of need to shift their focus away from the anxiety or the panic that they're feeling. Um, it's also a mental health app from the Anxiety Canada Association. So it's from people who specialize in this. Then there's Sunvelo, which is another, um, it's a free app, but a subscription is available. And it's focused mainly on things like stress, anxiety, and depression. It includes things like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy-based exercises, health habit tracking, mood tracking, and guided meditation. So it's something useful for people who like to use mindfulness to cope with anxiety. There's Clear Fear as well, which again is another anxiety and phobia-focused app. It's mainly targeted at teens. And it is completely free, which is a, a big benefit. Headspace is something that you may have heard of because it's a mindfulness and meditation app. Mm -hmm. So if things like meditation really help you with insomnia um, and stress, then this is a very useful um, app to use. There's also Mood Path, which is mainly focused on um, helping people with depression. It helps you kind of understand. It has these kind of free courses to kind of help you understand what you're going through. And I think it helps people um, ground their feelings in terms of if you can understand like the background processes going on on in your mind that might not always be conscious it helps you understand when you're going into these destructive thought patterns so it's the type of thing that can definitely help um, get you an assessment kind of 
if you're not um, kind of <laughs> not quite an expert, but if you're still new to the realm of like mental health and assessing your mental health, um, then Mood Path is a great kind of entry point. Rooted is for people with um, panic attacks. And um, again, like Mood Path, it kind of informs you what's going on during a panic attack, why you feel this way and why you shouldn't be scared. And it has these kind of um, focusing exercises to try to get your body's fight or flight response to kind of calm down. Um, therapy is a, um, also a kind of a remote therapy app, but instead you're, you're chatting with peers. So it's not necessarily mental health professionals, but I think that um, the benefit of this would be for someone who's feeling very alone and doesn't have people to talk to in their life. Um, an app like this lets you reach out to other people who are going through similar experiences. Um, and I think it's especially if you live in a community or family that doesn't understand mental health issues, then something like therapy can definitely help in terms of loneliness. Um, NoCD is specifically focused on OCD, um, and it's a free app um, that you can you can also see therapists remotely through it, but it's also, again connecting with the community, um, practicing exercises, and I think um, for a lot of people it could like people who do have OCD, um, pandemic's not a great time for that because it heightens anxiety mm. and can worsen symptoms. So something like this can again make the person feel less alone and help them connect to other people in a community. And then Calm Harm is um, a app used for people who feel the urge to harm themselves, which is quite a, a common but also severe um, uh, side effect of depression, sometimes OCD, that type of thing. And this, I, I thought it important to include it in the story as well because it's such a stigmatized type of um, form of um, mental health um, struggle that an app that's just not judgmental and just focuses on helping the person um, is very useful, especially among people who are feeling alone or younger people, um, that type of thing, to have something that's completely free and just kind of focuses on getting them through the impulses. Excellent. Thank you, Megan. So that's a uh, list of 10 therapy and counseling apps for, to help you with mental health whatever the time of year uh we we, we did kind of um, frame this as being a uh, sort of winter time discussion but obviously megan where she is isn't winter um it's late autumn here but mental health issues and uh and, and any any concerns introspection that leads you to gloom doom scrolling on twitter and leading you to depression or anxiety or sadness or um cyber exclusion cyber ostracizement I've, goodness me what happened to my <laughs> mouth there um regardless um the, the these tools that we've discussed today are year long they're the daily the 365 days of the year 24 7 as well uh, so mm. yeah the, the all, all valuable tools and I, I really do hope that we've um been able to frame any spiritual anxiety depression lack of positivity lack of drive um all the way up to the other extreme and put you in a frame of mind where you're able to sort of like think well here's some tools let's check these out let's um here's some changes let's make them here's a way to use social media 
in a less intense way let's do that and if not at least point you in the right direction via the links that you'll find in the show notes uh megan um i'm going to press this button here Uh, is there anything you want to add to what we've discussed so far I would say one of my personal recommendations for curating your feed, especially something like Instagram that is very influencer heavy, is just choose things that make you smile. So mm. my Instagram feed is basically just cats, dogs, <laughs> and nice places to travel. <laughs> just cute animals. I've even started following more cute animal accounts on Twitter. And it's basic, but it helps. And it can sometimes just give you a smile when you're in a dark place. So I would say find find your happiness that you can find on social media and make sure to follow more of those types of accounts than, rather than the ones that make you feel inadequate or affect your body image or something like that. Just find things that spark joy. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think anyone can argue with any of that. You've been listening to the Really Useful Podcast with a tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. We have a large archive of previous podcasts. I think this is our 61st or 62nd show. So you can head back and check our uh, full library for further tips and tricks for using technology and making use of the web and apps and consumer technology and things you have around your house. And you can share us and to, to people that may find our discussion is useful and you can also subscribe to us on apple podcasts google podcasts amazon podcasts spotify and all the other places that you'll find podcasts we are there so hit the subscribe button to get notification of the next show or even have it automatically downloaded to your device however you like to do that kind of thing we'll be back next week by which time it will be december uh for some more really useful tips and tricks. Until then, it's goodbye from us. Mm-hmm.